Hello and welcome to Duck Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder and this is our podcast from Grey Duck Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today I'll be chatting with local artist Renee Lai. She has an upcoming show at the gallery. The exhibition is called A Study of Fences, which runs from January 8th to February 7th. Hi, Renee. Hi, Jill. <laughs> Thanks for joining me in our Chris Follick uh, courtyard. You're welcome. Happy to. <laughs> Um, I want to just jump right into fences. Sure. <laughs> um, as you were growing up, what was your fa- fence landscape like? Oh, that's a funny question. So we lived on the, um, or I, I should say my parents still live on the edge of this sort of bayou drainage area. And we had these... Uh, Sorry, there's some squirrels <laughs> like fighting <laughs> while we're out here. <laughs> <laughs> we had these wrought iron fences that are um they're not super tall and the fence bars are really thin so you could see through into this you know kind of expansive landscape and then on the other side of that was um spring cypress which is this four lane pretty busy road but if you didn't look too far you could imagine that you were in the country which is what i like to do as a kid what what city or town were? Spring, which is a suburb outside of Houston. Houston, okay. Oh, Very okay. flat. So so where I grew up, there were no fences at all. Like oh. there was neighbor, 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 okay. and we all had dogs, and the dogs would just roam around in everybody's Lovely. yard. So now I just find myself thinking about all the places I lived and all the fences that have like either surrounded me or not surrounded me. So I'm kind of wondering how like barriers and fences first, you know, became prominent in your work or when you started thinking about it. You know, because I grew up in spring, I didn't think that much about fences, but they're everywhere in Texas. You know, everyone's really into private property and fencing it off. And, you know, you've got your guns. So if anyone walks through. Right. Be careful, you know. Um, when I moved up to the East Coast and I was there for a while, it was there that I noticed that there is much less of an emphasis on on private property, you know, there's a lot more public land on the East Coast. Some of the houses are kind of like what you talked about. There's just, you know, house, 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 and there's not really fences. And when I went to New York and I was living there, on the other hand, there's a lot of fences there. So I was, I guess I should back up and say I was in a more rural area, a more rural part of the Northeast. And then I moved to New York and everything was fenced off. And I had this weird fascination with looking through construction fence sites. Yeah. Um, there's like this green gauze and you can kind of see what's happening, but then you can't really. Um, I also really like to look through people's windows at night, just like when you're walking, <laughs> not in a creepy way. But like, you know, you're, you're like just walking and then like you see, and it's interesting to think about people's interiors and the other lives that they have that you don't have access to. And then when I moved back to Texas, I was reminded like freshly reminded of, you know, the open expansive land, but then there's so many fences and maybe I'm just curious, but I always really want to go and explore and I'm curious what lies behind the fences. Um, and sometimes they're, you know, right, right here you have pretty thick fences, so you can't really see through. Um, and then other people have these like thinner fences. So you have some partial access. Maybe I'm just nosy, but <laughs> the, the way the land is divided and what you're allowed to see, what you aren't allowed to see really began to interest me. 
So correct me if you're wrong, but you're focusing on picket fences for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I've kind of noticed in this area, um, like chain link fence and picket fences were kind of predominant. But now it seems like they're privacy fences that are going up that are super tall um, without being able to see through them. So how did you come upon like the picket fence as something you wanted to focus on? Um, In my neighborhood, I haven't been noticing as much privacy fences. Um, I've just been seeing a lot of picket fences. Every night I take walks as a way to clear my mind. And as I was walking in the night, I started to notice the long shadows that the picket fences would cast. And, you know, they're really strange, eerie shapes. Um, All the picket fences are different shapes, and some of them look a little more human-like than others in the um, way the fences are cut. And so when the the fences are backlit from the lights of the house and then they cast these really long human-like shadows into the street. It feels a little intimidating, but at the same time, there's a beauty to, you know, the um, rhythm of the shapes and the way that shadow moves and the light that I was drawn to. And, you know, almost every other house has a picket fence, especially during COVID. I notice a lot of people redoing their fences or putting new ones up. Um, And maybe it's just my neighborhood, but they're like middling height fences that are kind of four day core, maybe. And maybe also to like try and keep kids in or something, but they're not tall enough to keep anything out. You know, if you had a pretty determined dog, I think you would just jump over it. Um, so I was drawn to thinking about what the function of these picket fences were. And then I started categorizing some of the shapes and really sifting through them as I was thinking about, you know, the function of these fences. So are you thinking about like the picket fence as a like a delineation of like this is mine as opposed to like more of a security thing or are you thinking about um who people want to let, let in or not let in or you know sort of all of the above um the picket fence also makes me think of like americana you know like you have a house with a white picket fence for some reason that phrase is Right. In my mind. And then, of course, with the election and the divisive president and the rhetoric around fences and walls, um, it is so much about, you know, like who gets to come through, who doesn't get to come through. Um, you know, there's those spaces between the fences, what gets to slip through, what doesn't get to slip through. How porous do you want your fence to be? Um, if they're kind of open, like some of those picket fences, you can feel as if you're not really fenced in um, versus like a very solid privacy fence. Um, and then some people have more natural looking fences, um, like clumps of bamboo is really popular and they're very, very dense. Um, I've also been looking into that shape as a juxtaposition to some of the more rigid, um, you know, picket fence shapes in my paintings. Right. So let's, let's talk about like the mediums you're using, like the repetition of line and the mark making and, um, how you chose those over others. Um, I, I will get to the one piece that you ripped apart too, but, <laughs> but I just kind of want to talk about like you, you mentioned something about the repetition of, mm-hmm, of the lines. Mm-hmm. And um, so half the work is more abstract and pretty simple materials, just graphite on canvas primed with a clear gesso. So it, it looks like it hasn't really been primed. That raw color is showing through. Um, and then, you know, the other half of the paintings are oil on canvas. There, there's a little bit more color. There's a bit more, um, the brushwork is a little bit more expressive. Um, in terms of 
the relation between, I guess, the imagery and the mark making. Um, you know, there's a beauty to like the way those fences echo each other and grow shorter and taller depending on the perspective that you're looking at it. And for me, that was what I was carrying over into the more abstract works, which are, you know, some of them are pretty repetitive lines. But in each line that I've drawn, um, a lot of them are drawn freehand. So if you look closely, there's a bit of a wobble to the line. And I'm interested in just the expressiveness of the line. Um, you know, sometimes they're thicker at the top, thinner at the bottom or the other way around and how sensitive the canvas is to any like slight adjustments to the way I roll the graphite or the pressure of my hand and how that comes up in each individual line. But when you back away and look at it, they all look almost the same. So that was about half the work. And then, you know, when you do too much measuring, you start to get tired of it. Right. Um, so my work loosened up and it's more about, and then it became more about this bushy bamboo kind of like pushing through or being hidden behind something. Um, and then I also thought a bit more about the picket fence shapes a little more realistically, like that imagery came through in a more um, realistic manner. So when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, that that is a fence or that is part of a fence. All right. So I want to talk about the piece. I, I think it was like the first or second time I came in to do a studio mm -hmm. visit and you had ripped um, the canvas right, <laughs> and you were sewing it back together. And I kind of want you to just kind of share with everyone like the process and what compelled you to do that. Um, and I just, I find the, the thread in the piece just so compelling and strong. So I was working on this, you know, when those more abstract pieces where, everything's measured out and had the lines drawn. Um, it's a pretty painstaking process. And then quarantine hit, pandemic hit in March, and everything was changing so quickly, very existential, you know, is there, did I stock up enough food? <laughs> um, and something about the work felt like I wanted, I felt I wanted something more violent in the work. Um, so I, I just tore it in half after sitting and thinking about it for three days. I really wanted to do it. Um, and I was like, oh, God, you know, I can't undo this. And then I I patched it with a piece in the middle. At this time, I was also patching my sewing pants, which are practically more patched than pant. Okay. Um, and doing a lot of sewing and something about the um, a different type of mark making, but what, that was also rhythmic, much like the graphite lines were mm -hmm. um was appealing to me um and i decided to mend the painting so i put in an insert and uh started sewing it together by hand um just like the lines that are drawn without a ruler i wanted that wobbly feel in the sewing so i didn't use a sewing machine and i i know how to sew a little bit but i don't really know how to sew a lot so I was just learning as I went and you can kind of see it in the, in the way the thread bunches, but I, I really enjoy it. And then for me, there's a really great juxtaposition in the texture. So that clear gesso is a little bit rough. And then when the graphite goes across it, there's a bit of a rough graininess to it. Um, and then I wanted another type of like rough mark. Um, so the thread I eventually settled on is this, waxed button thread it's like a pretty thick black thread and so the stitches are done really closely together so that there's an additional raised rough mark in addition to the graphite marks 
And it took me months, months and months and months to put it all together. Um, but I'm really happy with it so far. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> so um, those are all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you want the potential viewers to know about the work? Um, not really. Just that I'm excited to have this show up and to hear what people think. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. And really sorry about all the construction and the the squirrels fighting. (laughs) It's been an adventure out here today. (laughs) Okay. I want to thank Renee for joining me on the podcast. The exhibition, A Study of Fences, will run January 8th to February 7th by appointment. I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song, A Dangerous Drive. Thanks so much.